Brought to you by Versalift Southwest, a time manufacturing company currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more, and you can apply for these jobs at 7601 Imperial Drive. All right, we uh, welcome into the program from Locked on Horn Frogs podcast, Stephen Simcox. Stephen, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Tom. Yeah, not much going on with TCU. So everything's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll just move right along. So, T, okay, you're in the media. You you've covered the frogs. You you graduated from TCU. What is your take on the whole situation after the game? Well, I didn't think much of it when it happened. I mean, obviously, like the TCU guys are upset about it. They. Uh, made that known. I didn't really even know there was much of a fight. I mean, the video I saw initially just showed some guys kind of getting up in each other's face because there was some pushing going on. Not that uncommon after a football game. Um, and, you know, Gary mentioned that Coach Kill got apparently hurt. Later we found out it was concussion. Um, I mean, this is what happens when you, when you lose rivalry games. Like, SMU obviously – is taking a lot of fun in winning. Um, it's a series they've been kind of dominated in as of late, but the last couple of years they, they've found a way to win, and I think they won pretty resoundingly on Saturday and wanted to make a statement. Um, I was surprised that Coach C didn't kind of back off and move on at his weekly press conference, but he's obviously upset. You know, I will say, like, Jerry Kill has a history of um, seizures, you know, and some health issues that went down in Minnesota. That's why he left the head coaching job there. So I get why uh, Gary's mad and upset that he got hurt, but all the video shows that it was just sort of a um, – it was an unfortunate thing that happened because the TCU guy actually bumped into him in the midst of all the chaos. Uh, Coach Patterson says it wouldn't have happened if SMU didn't, you know, do what they did, which is true. But ultimately, Tom, like it, it comes back to, was was that a, a classy thing to do? Probably not by the ponies. But at the same time, like if you don't lose, then those things don't happen. You know, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that if they wouldn't have won the game. And uh, I think that's what TCU kind of has to keep going back to. But I get why he's mad that his coach got hurt. I understand why he's protective. Coach Kill's a really good friend of his and has been for a long time. Um, but when you when you keep coming back to it after a loss, it sounds like sour grapes, even if it's not. That's what it that's what it comes off as. And I think it's also worth noting, like, Gary has a tendency, or maybe a habit is the better word. Um, I mean, he's, he's a senior loser. Like, I think that's fair to say. And that's not a bad quality if you're a football coach. But this is not the first time that when they've lost a big game or they've lost a game that's kind of embarrassing – he's brought up something like this that happened afterwards or happened during the game that rubbed him the wrong way. Um, and, I mean, when you do that, everybody's going to sort of say, well, you're just mad because you lost. And uh, even if he is genuinely concerned for his assistant coach, that's the message that people are getting when he kind of uh, throws a fit out of his press conference. Is it more concerning for this TCU defense that Tanner Mordecai and the SMU Ponies kind of had their way with that defense on Saturday? You know, I think the most concerning thing is a couple of years ago when SMU won, they, I mean, I don't want to say it was kind of gimmicky, but I, I feel like Sonny Dykes came in and he ran a number of trick plays and then kind of threw the kitchen sink at them. 
and it felt like he was uh, – Sonny Dykes was an analyst at TCU before he took the SME job. So people sort of said, well, man, he just really knew – Coach Dykes just knew how to attack that Gary Patterson defense, and they got out to a big lead early, and then SME, or TCU came back, but they couldn't close it out and win the game. But honestly, like on Saturday, um, Tanner Mordecai had a nice day, but it was really their ability to run the football that killed TCU. You know, they had 350 yards rushing. They had two guys that went over 100 yards. Ulysses Bentley uh, looks fantastic. And it wasn't just him breaking tackles. I mean, their offensive line was really shoving TCU off the ball. Part of that was Corey Bentley, you know, their big guy in the middle. He was hurt. But, um, I mean, long-term to me, that's the big concern because I know Coach Patterson's going back to the drawing board this week, and he's obviously done this for a long time. He's really sharp on defense. But, I mean, unless I'm missing something, what would you know as a coach? You can scheme up a lot of stuff. You can't really account for your guys getting shoved off the ball and, you know, not being able to reestablish the line of scrimmage. Like, that's not that's not something that you can mentally uh, find a way to, to fix unless you're just going to um, load the box and bring everybody to try to stop the run. And I, I don't think SMU is going to be the best rushing attack they see all year long. So I don't know if they just got caught flat-footed. I know listening to the radio broadcast, Landry Burdine, who does a nice job on the sidelines, he said, at least early on, he felt like the linebackers and safeties were really selling out on that quick passing game, trying to shut down those short routes that SMU likes to run, those timing routes where they pick up seven, eight yards on first down. Uh, And they did that well, but at that expense, they also were getting um, run on really at will. And it didn't seem like they made much of an adjustment. So, to me, the, the biggest thing moving forward is, is that going to get fixed? Because if, if you can't stop people at the point of attack, um, there's not a lot you can do on defense. Speaking of running, their opponent this week is going to come in, and they're going to certainly try to run the football. So they better get it fixed, Stephen. Yeah, but John Robinson, he's pretty good. Or, or so I've heard. Um, they got to figure out a way to, to slow him down. And, you know, he's a guy that over his career – albeit a short sample size, that average like six or seven yards to carry. So, Bethley might be back. Um, that's what Gary said in his press conference, with it, which I think means he probably will be, and that'll help. They're also getting Kyrie Coleman at defensive end, but he's more of a pass rusher. Um, they have to find a way to, to slow it down, and it might be bringing extra guys in the box. Of course, that puts your secondary and, and your pass defense in some tough situations. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't slow Robinson down, um, they're just going to go to that all day. And and that helps Casey Thompson, who has been really efficient and has looked really good in, in the couple of games that he's played so far. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're facing a team that, I'm sorry, Ward scored 70 points last week. Um, and <laughs> if, if they score 70 points in Fort Worth, they're probably not winning that football game. When you look at what Max Duggan and this offense are capable of doing and just being on the brink of being able to do that a couple of times, even on Saturday, does that give you a positive hope that this offense can help this defense a little bit more than they did this past week? It does. And, I mean, you know, they scored 30-plus points. They scored 34 points on Saturday, but it wasn't mm-hmm. super consistent. You know, I mean, they, they got out their first couple of drives were touchdowns. And they kind of sold out in the second half, especially. They struggled until they fell behind by a couple scores and really had to get the tempo going and get the offense going. Uh, you know, the big thing for me on offense, they got to find a way to get Quentin Johnson the ball. 
um, which I know all, all our local people know him being a simple product. He had a couple chances on Saturday, couldn't really connect. But um, the guy that's emerged for me is Zach Evans. And, I mean, if you follow high school football, if you follow recruiting, you kind of know a little bit about Zach. He was a North Shore kid, super talented, had a uh, bizarre recruitment, I guess you could say. He was originally supposed to go to Georgia. That didn't work out, and then he just kind of ended up at TCU. Um, he had over 100 yards again on Saturday. I think it was 15 carries for 113. And he touched the ball 18 times. And, I mean, on, on paper that looks like a lot, but uh, you just you got to find a way to feed him. Like, I, I really believe he's a dude that has to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game um, because he's he's running uh, really well also. You know, we talked about Sean Robinson's yards per carry. Zach Evans is similar. And if you can get that running game going – um, I think that helps your defense, too. It gives them a little more time in between drives. Uh, it makes things easier on Max Duggan. To me, Evans is the key. It, when he's going downhill and he's, um, you know, a weapon that they can use in the run game or the pass game, then I, I feel like their offense is really humming and it's really good. Uh, when they got away from him on Saturday, and part of that was they got behind and, you know, teams sort of abandoned the run when, when you fall behind by a couple scores. But that's when the game changed in, in my mind. So that has to be priority. Um, you know, you got to stop the run and run the football this week. We'll get your thoughts on uh, on some uh, Cowboy news and notes. And again, uh, they got a big one coming up Sunday. They got an undefeated Carolina team coming in. And uh, j- just your thoughts on Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, they look great. You know, the competition's been kind of light so far, but they're taking advantage of it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey being out is obviously a huge deal. That defense is nasty, though, and, and it's, it's, I'm happy for him, but it's kind of funny. I've been looking around this week, and everybody's talking about how great Phil Snow is, um, and I, I do believe that started to materialize at Baylor, but it really didn't until his last season. Like, that Sugar Bowl team, that defense was really good, and they were flying around. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see, like, all this praise for Phil Snow now in the NFL, because when he stayed on staff at the D.C. at Carolina, I was honestly a little surprised. Uh, but he's done a nice job. They bring a lot of different blitzes. Their defensive line is pretty fierce. So the Cowboys are going to, have to find a way to protect up front. Um, but a good measuring stick for both teams. I mean, Dallas is flying pretty high. You know, I think they've played well in all three games. They've obviously won their last two. They just bludgeoned the division opponent. Uh, and Cam Carolina, Tuba Hubbard, uh, the rookie, not a terrible replacement, but they're not going to use him. I don't think they're going to use him in the same way as they do Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey gets so many opportunities in the run game and through the air. So can Sam Darnold, you know, spread the ball around and use some of the other weapons he has in that receiving core? Uh, and this Cowboys defense, man, they're playing well. So I'm interested to see if, if they keep that up this week. Talking with uh, Stephen Simcox, this is uh, – uh, he does Locked on uh, Horn Frogs podcast. What are you working on on the podcast, Stephen? So today we had a lot of talk about Flaggate, uh, which is, you know, what we kind of open with you. Uh, we'll, we'll do a, a roundtable tomorrow with the other Big 12 hosts and we'll discuss uh, looking around the league at some of the big games this week. And then, yeah, gearing up for the Texas game. It's going to be fascinating, Tom. I mean, they are uh, CPU 7-2 since they joined the Big 12 against UC. Uh, so they, they look about as bad as they have in a long time. The Frogs do that is. Texas is has a lot of momentum going into this game. But they do have a good history against the Horns. So uh, curious how that game will play out. But we'll try to preview it from all angles and lock up one Frogs. 
Stephen, what do you realistically expect from TCU against Texas Saturday? I think it'll be a competitive game, Aaron. I mean, you know, honestly, like if I had to pick straight up, I'm going to pick TCU. I just looking at that TCU defense on Saturday, I can't say they're going to find a way to turn things completely around and 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 win the ball game. I don't expect that, but I I do think it's a close game. Um, I don't know. It's tough to explain. Like, I don't feel like last week there was an effort issue, but I I don't really think they came out with. Um, the intensity level that SMU did, and I know it's a hard thing to quantify, but uh, for those UT games, they just get up for it, man. And I, I, I think there's a bounce back. If there's not, if there's not a bounce back and they get you know beat down and it's not a competitive ball game, then you have a real problem. Because in my mind, like if, if this team can't get up, or Texas coming to town with a chance to open Big 12 play and kind of right the ship, um, I, I don't know what you know what's going on. Either there's locker room issues or they're just not as good as we thought. But I'm going to pick Texas to win. If you ask me straight up, um, I do feel like it's a, a one-score game, though. And I realize that the SMU game is is a rivalry game and, and it's a Metroplex thing, but could they have been looking past this game to the Texas game? Maybe, and I guess we'll kind of find out more of that when, when the two teams link up. It's just the disappointing thing about that, Tom, is you had a bye week before SMU. Mm. They beat you a couple years ago. I mean, if there was a year to, to gear up for it, it would be this season. They were talking trash during the week. Um, I see your point, and that might be the case. But, I mean, honestly, like, if, if that's what happened, then I think TC really has this wonder, like, how much longer should we schedule this series? Because if we can't even get our guys up for that game, um, you know, what's really the benefit for us, which is unfortunate because I do think it's a fun rivalry. I think there's a ton of history there, and it's good for, you know, the Metroplex and for the two schools to, to play the game. But, um, yeah, maybe they were looking ahead. I just I think that's a, a pretty big failure on the coaching staff part of snow. Steven, as always, it's a pleasure. I uh, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. See you later. Steven.